Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are delving into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are finishing up Anna's most recent unit on military sci-fi with the book Ancillary Justice by mm-hmm. Anne Leckie. Is that is that the name? Yeah. I should have looked and this up. And that is how it's spelled. Oh, I just totally even forgot if that was actually the name or not. Like I no, yeah, that's why I was the, <laughs> the author's yes. name before going into that. Um, but yeah, so what 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 did you think, Anna? What did I think? Uh, I feel like this is a book that I want to like desperately because mm. it seems like something I should like, right? It's yeah. like it's got a very cool premise it's got like i don't know the way the story weaves together is very interesting and it like it wasn't a chore for me to read this like i enjoyed the journey perhaps but like in a way like in as much as you can enjoy something you have no understanding of whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) it's like when i first watched the movie lucky number seven Mm. I don't know if that's kind of a, a little bit of a deep cut, but I don't know if anyone else has seen it. It's one of my favorite movies, but like the payoff just wasn't as good as in Lucky Number 11. And also there was no Josh Hartnett in this book for my mid-2000s heart to lust after. But yeah, I, I was so confused the entire duration of this book. And I don't know. I, like, I think parts of it are meant to be confusing. I think I think that there is some authorial intent, intent there to make this mm-hmm. a little bit of a confusing read. I also think I am very stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've had people recommend this book to me before. Um, people, even like people who aren't very big readers and... Not to say that, like, being a reader makes you smart and able to understand books, but it's just like, I just feel like (laughs) this one was just a little bit beyond me today Mm -hmm. in 2021. (laughs) What did you think of it? Um, I really like this book. This is probably, so far, I know we're early in the year, but one of my top books of 21 for books that I've read. I liked the structure of it I thought it was cool I liked kind of not knowing necessarily what was going on for the first half and then when stuff kind of started clicking together Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it a lot and I liked all the characters which you know that's kind of my biggest thing is if Mm -hmm. I like the characters and want them to make out and I felt that I did want several of these characters to make out um they didn't but you know the Maybe they will. (laughs) Maybe they will one day, and maybe I'll keep reading the series. (laughs) As Justice of Thor in 1-esque 19 becomes more and more human, who's to say what will happen? What urges will appear? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so who would you recommend this book to, if anyone? Uh, I think think that this is is a good book, and I think a lot of people would enjoy this. if you are someone who appreciates like a nonlinear story, if you like um, like very unique points of view as like an AI who has been split into hundreds of different segments and has conversations with itself and with other people all at the same time, like it's very cool storytelling. Mm. Um, if you like sci-fi, there's not it's not super heavy on the military stuff. Also very cool. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I in general would recommend this book with the caveat of I – personally struggled to comprehend (laughs) (laughs) and that is a personal failing (laughs) i don't 
think I don't think that's a personal failing. And I know you're saying like, oh, you didn't understand it, whatever, because um, maybe you're just stupid. Uh, I just want to go maybe. on the record here and say that I don't think not being able to understand or not following the book is a failing on the reader's part. I think that not all books are for every reader and that this was a very intentionally confusing book. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you're looking for in your reading experience, that's not your fault. This is true. But it did make me feel foolish. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way that I was like, no, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was it was like it was confusing in the way that like Neuromancer was confusing but not frustratingly so yeah like, I was just like this book is a river I'm being swept down a current there are rapids possibly a waterfall but I don't I'm not afraid I'm accepting <laughs> what will happen at the end of my journey down this river <laughs> I, I also felt a little bit of Neuromancer vibes in the terms of like oh it's it's very it's very much plunging you in without holding your hand but like Mm -hmm. I said the characters and like the emotions were more there for me so I liked it a lot better than I did Neuromancer which Mm -hmm. I didn't care about any of the characters in that no I didn't give a shit about that book whatsoever um but yeah so I guess I would recommend this maybe to people who like that sort of vibe of like just kind of being immersed immediately without Mm -hmm. much uh preamble yeah it, and it is immediate. I I think, um, and maybe some of this has to do with, like, I didn't really, obviously this is a science fiction story, and so a lot of, like, the proper nouns in this book are going to have that sci-fi flair. Yeah. And I couldn't really tell if it was drawing from a currently existing language. Mm. Like, I wasn't quite sure what syllables should be stressed and what the vowel sounds were supposed to be like. And so, like, reading it, I I just did that thing, you know, when you learn how to do reading when you're little. And they're like, just put any word in there, and that's going to be the word it means now. But then, like, <laughs> that wasn't working when it's, like, 700 names. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of sci-fi names in this, and it was very sci-fi name Yes. Which, I mean, like, I get that you want to make it stand – like, you don't want to use – necessarily a specific cultural like you don't want to use white people names because it's so far in the future and like that's not the thing anymore but you also don't want to like pull from another culture and be like "Ooh, isn't this exotic you know because that's fucked up so like I get that you you're trying to come up with basically new sounds that we as humans don't currently do but it does make it somewhat difficult I would agree yeah like the one of the most common words in this book is like the name of the empire which is r-a-d-c-h and the d-c-h is not really a sound that you hear in english i don't know about other language you definitely don't hear it in english very often so it's like do you pronounce it radch ratch i was pronouncing it raj Raj. i don't know raj raj i couldn't find an audiobook so Yeah, it was there was a lot of guesswork in terms of pronunciations, but because mm-hmm. it's not based on any specific culture, you I don't be think offending anybody. I don't think we'll offend anyone if we fuck up the pronunciation. <laughs> Sorry if you are from the future and you've recovered this podcast floating around out in space. You've picked up the airwaves, um, and you 
are like, holy shit, I cannot believe they have done us dirty this way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, kudos to Anne Leckie, I guess, for getting it so That's right. True. She's <laughs> the prophet of her time. Who didn't know. All right. So we're doing things a little differently this week. Um, <laughs> because... Because I'm so lacking today. <laughs> because we thought it would be fun to go old school, back to our hate read days when we used to mm-hmm. uh, swap who was doing the plot synopsis i'm gonna be doing it today guys and yay let me tell you guys there was a reason i stopped doing them and it's because i'm bad at them so we'll see how this goes (laughs) i think this is gonna be one of our best episodes yet we'll see um (laughs) all right so first things first this is a book with two timelines we've got Mm -hmm. the first timeline that we're introduced to is basically present day the second timeline that we're introduced to is 19 years earlier. For the first half plus a little bit of this book, the chapters go back and forth between the two timelines until the second timeline gets wrapped up. It's a very interesting way to do it. It's great fun. But because I don't want to, we're just going to do this in chronological order. That's totally fine. Excellent. All right. <laughs> uh, second thing you need to know about this book is just a very basic basic bit of how this whole thing is set up. Um there's an empire. It's called the, as we said, we don't know, but possibly Raj Empire. Radish? Possibly the Radish Empire. <laughs> it is, it started on the, I guess, planet Raj, uh, and humans are everywhere now. So it's been taking over every human planet for 2,000 years in order to protect its original planet. Because they're like, oh, we're going to get all of these planets so that we have like a barrier between us and everyone else. And then it just kept going and going and going. You must expand. But it's also become part of their like economic system that they have to keep picking up new planets. In this empire, there are ships. The ships sometimes are uh, staffed by what are called ancillaries. The way this works, Mm -hmm. I pictured it like a tree. So you've got the trunk, which is the ship. And then mm-hmm. you've got the branches, which are which are the ancillary bodies, and then you've got the leaves, which are the segments of the ancillary bodies. Yes. So like, which can... is like so cool. Yes. Uh, and I I liked this idea, and we get like our main character is a little, a little bit of a spoiler. Our main character is one segment of the ship, and um, the way that it kind of like breaks down what what is me versus what is big me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the philosophy behind that, I thought that was all very interesting yes. because there, there are many times where the character is like talking and they're like, well, that's not quite right. Like it was me, but was it me or was it uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then this also comes back later with like the villain villains. I don't know how to describe that aspect of it, but it comes back there as well. Um, it's just like. I don't know the ancillaries, and they're like fucking creepy, right? Because they're just yeah, because they're like zombies, basically. Yes, yes, and and we get this like horrific scene, uh, in the book where Justice of Thorin, which is the name of the ship, that is the um the the biggest part of our main character, Justice of Thorin, when asked nineteen, and um they have to bring up a new segment to replace one that was killed in an altercation and it's just like they wake up a body that has been in stasis for who knows how long and the body wakes up and is like you have to help me I don't want this please stop don't and then like they put some some sort of technology in this body and it just becomes subservient and like the and and 
one esque is like, yeah, I get we get a little bit of pushback for like a week or so, but then after that, the body is tamed, and I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> and there's there's an interesting part of this. Uh, now I'm jumping ahead to the the other timeline, but there's an interesting part of this when they're talking to the doctor, where the doctor's like, oh, I know what you are. I can like save you. And one or Breck at that point is like, who are you trying to save? Like the body, the personality that was originally in the body because they're gone so Mm -hmm. like what are you you would destroy me right you would destroy me if you were trying to put a new personality back and you would just be programming basically what you think the personality would be Mm -hmm. all very interesting all very good good sci-fi shit of uh, it's like what is but more hardcore (laughs) or i was gonna say it's the uh spoilers for wandavision end of wandavision with uh vision and white vision being oh my like, gosh! What doing the whole ship of Alexander? The thing. ship of Theseus. <laughs> the ship whatever. of Theseus. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so our main character in this is Justice of Torin, who is the ship, and then more specifically, One Esk, who is the ancillary body, and then more specifically, for the first part, it's mainly One Esk One, but then it ends up being One Esk Nineteen, um, which yes. is the the segment. So that is the backdrop to this. Uh, the Empire has recently decided to stop annexing other human planets and to quit making ancillaries. Capt- or Lieutenant On is a lieutenant in the military who is serving on the last planet to be annexed, which is called Shish Erna. And One Esk is the unit with her that is serving on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shish Erna is a highly stratified, plan- stratified planet with the upper class Tanmind living above the planet, and the lower class, the Orsians, living on the planet. Um, and during TakeOver, we find out On essentially prioritized the low class over the upper class, which led to the upper class being pissed off. Mm-hmm. I think because, like, they like the Orsians used to be the more prominent part of that civilization because no, they had it's that big def- old temple or something? No, it's definitely, like, because they it's part of their religion is that um, the Orsians, like, it's, like, there's three levels right and there's mm-hmm. space which is where like their gods are right and then yes. there's the upper which is like where you go if you're a good person and then there's the planet which is essentially hell so like oh the people who yeah, live I on totally the planet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they have the the uh temple there that people have to come to like do pilgrimages to but it's mm-hmm. definitely like t- the tanmen are like rich bougie because this becomes important later on when oh my god they were s- very karen yeah, yeah, they're very Karen because of how the whole like conflict is. It's basically colonizers versus colonized, essentially, or like upper yeah. class versus lower class, like all that sort of stuff. One person is on one side and one person is on the other. And anyway, so <laughs> one of the Orsians find a, a hidden cache of weapons in the swamp and turns the weapons over to on. Um, and one esque recognizes the weapons as weapons that were confiscated during the annexation. So, like, she checks the, like, serial numbers, and she's like, no, these mm-hmm. were definitely already confiscated. Yeah, yeah. Someone did not destroy these properly. Yeah. Who could it be? So, On figures out that somebody's trying to frame the Orsians, and it's, like, obviously probably the Tanmen, because, like, duh. Mm-hmm. And specifically, there's this woman named Jen Shinnen who has, is the ultra Karen. Hate this and, bitch. Yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's she and her cousin Genta are like 
like they have uh, on and her friends, Lieutenant Skayet over to dinner and they're like, mm. oh, well, my niece is going to be taking the exams and the exams seem to favor Orsians and we think that they're biased against us. And yeah, and it's like affirmative action. Is exactly. Dumb. Exactly. We hate it. <laughs> uh, they also claim that the niece of Genta has been down to the planet and has been harassed by the Orsians. Mm hmm. Like one esque was like, that's a lie. Yes. I was looking at her the whole time and yeah. nothing happened to her. <laughs> so On's like, hey, one esque, like, did this bitch come down to this planet? And one esque is like, mm, let me check with the other me's. Uh, no, she did. But like, all this shit about they were harassing her is bullshit. She just walked around mm-hmm. and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think also, like, important to, like, fill out this picture is one esque has this, I get they call it a bad habit. She loves. It loves. They love music. I think she. I think yeah, she loves. Uses she. Yeah, we should probably talk about the pronoun usage because I thought yeah. that was really cool too. There's but that too. Uh, <laughs> um, the she loves music and she is constantly humming or singing under her breath, mm-hmm. and everyone hates it except for Lieutenant On, who's like, "It's just how she is, man." Like, you just let her. I be. like it. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it's. It's a well-known trait of hers that, like, sets her apart from all of the other uh, ancillaries. Yeah. And children will, like, come give her their songs in exchange for candy and other trinkets and toys and stuff. Very cute. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the niece did come to the plan, but wasn't harassed. And On is like, okay, so probably Jen Shinen's involved in this, but she wouldn't have had access to the guns. Because um, mm-hmm. she's not high enough up in the Raj yes. Empire. So, like, somebody in the military. Super high up. Super high up had to has to be involved in this. So, like, who would gain from this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, speaking of super high up in the Raj Empire, the head of the Raj Empire, Anander Mianai, shows up. I didn't, that was another one. I was like, I don't know how many, like, how long yeah. I should be drawing I, these vowels out. There's, <laughs> there's so many A's in her name. Yeah, think about, I'm going to say the name again, Anander Mianai, and think about how many A's you think are in that. And add, like, four more. Add four more, because you were wrong. <laughs> there were so many A's. <laughs> so, like the ships, she has a bunch of ancillary bodies. So she can be, like, just everywhere across the empire. And it's no props. And she like sends basically this is like an old body that no one cares about because it's going to die soon anyway. So it's just like going down to check shit out. And if it dies, no big deal. Except like obviously people would be like, wow, how dare you kill one of the bodies of the emperor? But like it's fine because we've got so many of them. One thing I didn't catch about the emperor's bodies is mm-hmm. like are they is it this is it clones of the same body or are they ancillaries in the way that one esque was because everyone could recognize the emperor on site, but the the bodies were always different ages, and I don't know yeah. if they were like if they looked the same because I, I don't think that was described. I don't think it was either, so I think it's kind of like dealer's choice. I would assume it's different bodies because they mm-hmm. say it's like ancillaries still, mm-hmm. and they don't ever talk about cloning at all in this book. So That's that true. makes me think it's probably just ancillaries. But and I would just like a five year old at the end, which is like mm. that's pretty fucked up if they've like enslaved a five year old for I ever. Mean, maybe maybe it's <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of maybe it is clones. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't really they, go into how this no, happened to one person. Like, because this is not an AI. This is a person that has somehow 
put their consciousness, put her consciousness into hundreds of bodies. Um, I would guess that the way that people can tell who she is is by what she's wearing because that's kind of got, like, that's a thing that they get into later in this book in Raj society. Like, they wear jackets with, like, a bunch of jewelry that, like, tells who they are related to. So Mm -hmm. I would guess maybe they wear a certain type of jewelry that sets them apart. The emperor, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. The emperor's new jewels. Yeah, but everyone can recognize them on site, so maybe they are clones, because that would make more sense for a five-year-old clone to be like, Yeah, and then age. Because the other ancillaries don't seem to have a concern about their body aging. Yeah. So I wasn't sure, like... This is a society where humans can now live for hundreds of years, which sounds Mm -hmm. like hell. I (laughs) don't want to be alive that long. Like, at what rate does your body start? Well, they have a bunch of advanced medical technology also. So theoretically, they could just, like, replace the bits that weren't so good anymore. That's Um, true, yeah. And if you figure, like, most of the issues that we have involving age are essential, like... The bones becoming brittle. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, even if you even if you are like able to fix all of the various medical issues, the bigger issue, I think, with us and age is like mentally. Oh, that's how you deteriorate. And I don't think that would be an issue for the ancillaries because they are AI. Yeah. So they just have fucking re-education where they they're like, it's not brainwashing, but we do completely change your personality. (laughs) (laughs) Anander Mianayi shows up and um, <laughs> On tries to report the problem and Anander is like, nah, fuck off. <laughs> She's like, I, you are beneath me, P. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> the whole thing pops off. Uh, Jen Shinan shows up with a mob and is like, hey, that niece got murdered and also there are guns <laughs> here. And Lieutenant On's like, yeah. But we already knew about the guns, and I already have written a report about it, and you can look at my report. I just haven't sent it yet because, and she's, like, saying this to the emperor, like, or empress? Em- I don't know. I, they call her the lord of the radish. Yeah, the lord. She's like, yo, lord radish, I wrote this report, and it's on my desk, and I didn't want to send it because obviously someone high up is, like, ordering like, this. super high up. Like, so high up. The high up. Yeah, so I didn't want it to be, like, I didn't want it, them to find out when I sent it to you. Like, I was worried that someone mm. would figure out what was going on. Also, I think it's you. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think she does think it's her at this no, point. No, I think yeah, not yeah. until she the She figures point it where... out after the, yeah. the thing that happens in, like, At the dire seconds. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, like, oh, she's fuck. like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> and she's like, also, one ask, like, check the security footage or whatever. And one ask is like, yeah, nobody's gone up to, like, the upper levels in the last three hours. So if someone murdered her, it would have been way earlier and they would still be up there. So you shouldn't be rioting down here. So, like, fuck off. Yes. And Anandra Mianayi is like, cool, I definitely believe you, Lieutenant On. Kill all of the Tanmen who are here. Like, just kill them all, because I definitely believe you. In this sacred holy temple. Yeah, in this holy temple. And On's like, what the fuck? Like, we're definitely not supposed to kill citizens, and these guys yeah. are citizens now. This so, is like, not civilized of us. Yeah, because um, that's, like, their whole thing is, like, once you become part of the Empire, you're, like, a citizen, and we don't hurt you anymore. But we mm-hmm. will murder you a lot before that. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once you submit, though, we're all good. We're good. We're we're fam. Here's your uniform and your slop. <laughs> Enjoy your brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this very tense moment where on isn't one at like also the ancillaries are connected to their lieutenants in a way that they can like feel their emotions so one mm-hmm. ask knows like lieutenant on is hesitating and mm-hmm. one ask is also like fuck i don't know what i'm gonna do if they don't do this because if i have to kill lieutenant on i don't know what i'm gonna do so it's everybody doesn't know what they're gonna do but no. then lieutenant on's like okay i'm registering that i don't agree with this but uh one ask kill all of them so one ask does Ugh. <sighs> Brutal. What a mess. What a pickle. Yes. yes. It was political sabotage from the yes. very beginning. So On goes to talk to their friend Skayet, and they basically are both like, yeah, so this was definitely Anander Mianai, but mm-hmm. we don't know why, but this is fucked up. So On, at that point, gets sent back to the ship with one esque. Yes. I, um, I really enjoyed the scenes on this planet. Um, and I kind of wish that we had gotten more glimpses of, like, the, like, this was a really, like, a really big good example of, of their colonization being bad, mm-hmm. um, and, and their annexation, excuse me, being bad. But I kind of wish we had seen a little bit more, like, diversity in the, in the different, like, human races, I guess. I guess they're all humans. Or yeah, they, do they just become human? They're all humans they're... because yeah, that's okay. that's one of the points of later on the reason that Anander Mianai started. Okay, well, that's getting ahead a little bit, but the reason behind the thing that is the thing mm-hmm. is that they they ran into that other alien race, and the aliens were like, "We can fucking destroy you." So basically, Anander Mianai was afraid of being colonized herself. Yes. That's essentially what it turned into. So that's okay. why she sided with the aliens or d- agreed to the treaty, right? Yeah. Um, so, yes, everybody in the Empire is an alien or is a human, but there is a thing uh, later once 1SC19 is kind of like exploring the galaxy where there are human places where like people have mutated and have like different number of limbs or mm. like people have started doing like extreme kind of cyberpunky augmentation oh, dirty eyeball computers dirty eyeball computers um yes. all that good stuff so like there is some differences and like mm-hmm. there's definitely different human cultures on the different planets but at, once you become rachi you are supposed to assimilate to that culture Yes, yeah, you all become citizens, um, which is cool because so the Radishi Empire, I don't know what to, I'm not going to pronounce that correctly ever. Um, they uh, are like a very like one note society, like everybody, mm-hmm. they only use uh, she, her pronouns for everybody because that's like gender is not a thing in this radish that's i agreed with that though i was on board for that yes which was really cool when i first started i I think i missed at the beginning where they said that because i was like okay we've got we've got so many pronouns for so many names and i don't understand where they're all coming from and how many people are in this room right now oh it's just one what (laughs) um then i was then i caught on once i caught on i was like this is very cool um and i like how it like it ultimately didn't fucking matter doesn't matter who is who is what in this book. It's very cool. 
Um, also in real life, it doesn't matter who is what, just like keep your nose out, your, out of everyone's business. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and respect their pronouns. Although yes. that everybody yeah. using she, her pronouns was cool. If somebody wants to use another pronoun in real life, aside from she, her, let them That's fucking right. use that pronoun and respect yes. that. Yes. Yes. It's very easy. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. We just got into an angry pronoun rant. Yeah. <laughs> How cool it was in this book. Um, what was I saying? So before the pronoun, oh, it's like a very one note society. And so I think like I would have appreciated. So, cause we're supposed to pick, uh, like we have, a, we have a villain and the main character is supposed to pick who to side with. Like, are we going to side with the person who seems to have like a more brutal, cold hearted way of dealing with things for the greater good? Or are we supposed to side with the more gentle version of that? But ultimately they have the same goal, just different methods. Right. Um, See, I would actually disagree. I thought they were equally brutal in their methods, but had very different goals. Mm. I don't. I mean, again, this could be <laughs> fault of lies in me, because I they both they both wanted to preserve their empire the way it was, but one side was like we should we should sign the treaty so that to preserve. Our way of life and the other side was like we should exterminate all the other life forms so that there is only one i think essentially what it came down to was less let's exterminate the other life forms and more essentially should we continue to colonize or not because mm. the one was like and i think like i think that what it essentially came down to i said that twice um <laughs> the one with you, you know what let's just let's just because we're about to get we're about to get to that in the okay <laughs> and then we can talk more about this yeah. without being quite so well i yeah i just i guess i just wanted to say like i wish we had we had a little bit more diversity in the groups of humans that yeah. we saw because like we we're kind of asked to, as readers to make this decision along with one ask and because one ask is very like fuck everybody i'm gonna kill everybody which is very cool but um like we get a very like the kind of the glimpse that we have of it is very like look how sad it is for the colonizers who are poor or who are not as like high up in society which mm -hmm. yes is a very big concern of how a society treats its lower classes but like also i would have liked to see that struggle outside of like the the monolithic culture right I think you I got know. a little bit of that with the Orsians, especially mm -hmm. the one Orsian um, girl who shows up at the end and is like yes. still and ski sky sky again. I guess how many A's. A's are in the name Skyot? <laughs> she's also like like they still refer to um, her to to Anander Mianai as uh, the tyrant, even like mm -hmm. twenty years later. Yeah. So there is definitely some pushback, but I, I mean, like, I would like to see more of the, because, yeah, essentially, like, even if the, the goal of the one is stop doing more colonizing, they've already done mm -hmm. a lot of colonizing. So, yes. like, yeah. how does that all play in? Um, but yeah. also, like, this is the most, there is pretty much just the one recent one, and everyone else seems to be pretty much, like, part of the club at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and, and it is the first book in a trilogy, so there's probably yeah. a lot of world building left to the rest of this series, but I don't know. It kind of, it read to me, and I know it's a sci-fi book, and this is about all of humanity, um, but I'm just like kind of using an equivalent uh, for 
today not sci-fi on earth um it had like it felt a little bit like white gazy i guess i did i did agree with that yeah 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 i mean to some extent i'm like good that you're not trying to write from out of your lane essentially Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah i mean you are still writing about colonization from the point of the colonizers more than the colonizers. and we're supposed to feel bad for the colonizers i mean i don't know to what extent we're supposed to feel bad like i don't i don't think i feel bad for the certain people in the colonizer society that are you know more sorry i have like this terrible like i don't know what is going off my throat right now (laughs) (laughs) it is kind of addressed in the book with Mm -hmm. uh especially sky where like they say multiple times they're like yeah you're opposed to this stuff but you still profit from it yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard because i'm like obviously i think we need more books about like i don't know how much we need a book that's essentially like hey colonization hurts the colonizers too you know it's not good Mm -hmm. for anybody it's a little bit like oh misogyny hurts men too and it's like yeah it does but i don't know if we need that book we don't need that lens yeah but at the same time i did like this book so (laughs) i don't know oh yeah no i and and it's again it's hard to be like you know why did you why did you write it from this viewpoint because again it is like an entire race of humans thousands and thousands of years in the future we don't know like who they what they look like what they are you know like how many how many different people have come together to make this one monolithic human race Mm -hmm. but like i guess the the characters that we are meant to feel the worst for are like cogs in the machine and it would have just been nice to like you know to, to 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 be more sympathetic towards a non-military personnel. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's I mean, fine. <laughs> this is the military sci-fi unit. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, guys. That's the that's the happen. that's the whole prompt, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay. Uh. So, to get to the to what the fuck we're actually talking about, the crux of what has happened in this book. Mm-hmm. They're on the ship, and On's being all sad and shit, and then. Anander Miyanai shows up and it's like chilling on one of the unoccupied decks and only talking to the ship and none of the humans know that she's there. And she mm-hmm. basically has like a big long conversation with one of the um, other ancillaries and kind of does the whole villain monologue through, yeah. <laughs> through questioning up. Cause um, she's, she herself has experienced a split amongst her ancillaries. So now mm-hmm. some of them are pro-annexation and pro-ancillary, and some of them are anti, and some of them just don't fucking know what's going on. And yeah. So, <laughs> just, like, very confusing. And so this just like, one, I don't want myself to know yes. that I am split into two beings because then I can't avoid knowing anymore. So then it's going to be a action. civil war. Yeah. Like, uh, what? <laughs> So, also, I like I like how this bitch like snuck on a ship that was going into some sort of space travel that was gonna take months to get to their location. Yeah. She's like, I'm here for the long haul. I'm gonna sit and ask this computer questions for three months or whatever. I mean, <laughs> she's got eight thousand other bodies. She can spare the true. one. Actually, I think it's like four of them that are hanging out on this ship. Yes. Um, 
Um, yeah. I can spare a few to, to chill on this ship for a while. <laughs> <laughs> if I had 8,000 other bodies, do you know how much stupid shit some, some of those guys would be getting into? Just So much. So much. <laughs> <laughs> some of them would just be playing D&D. Like, that's all they would be doing. Eternally. <laughs> with each other. <laughs> <laughs> you could, Yeah, you wouldn't have to have scheduling issues with a bunch yeah. of different people because it would just be you playing everybody. And all the rest would get to enjoy it because we're experiencing everything at once. It'd be great. Yes. And you could even like take your two like divided personalities and put them together. And one of them could be the DM and the players. That could be fun. (laughs) (laughs) So so this particular group of Anander Mianaiis are (laughs) pro-annexations, pro-ancillaries. And they're trying to recruit Justice of of Torin. But what they don't know is that one of the aunties got there first and already mm. fucked with her programming so that she could, like, not answer this one's questions fully um, and hide shit. So mm-hmm. uh, me and I is using Justice of Torn to figure out who on the ship is loyal to which side and eventually calls uh, on down to be questioned and is like, you're definitely a traitor. Or you hang out with traitors because Skyet is definitely a traitor. So, like, fuck you. I, we got to kill you. Yeah. You did me dirty down on that planet. You did me dirty. And On's like, I'm definitely not a traitor. I did literally everything he wanted me to do. I just didn't have all the information. And I don't understand what's going on and why you want, you seem to want to, like, blow up this, like, turn, get this planet to do a civil yeah. war on itself. I'm literally just trying to do my job. I'm really <laughs> just trying to do my job. Uh, <laughs> and the anatomy and is like yeah and you were fucking good at it and i hate that so fuck you uh, it's fuck also you. important i guess to note that on is like one of the uh like they're in the past a provincial most, house yeah most people like who were in the military were like rich people and on is like the child of bakers and so like it's a <laughs> She she gets a lot of heat from people for being good at her job, basically. Yes. And she she was I think like the model for annexing is you're supposed to start with the upper class and mm-hmm. then the, that way the civilization just yes, naturally yes, yes. trickles down because we all know trickle down economics is exactly. flawless. Um but instead she started at the bottom. Yeah. She was <laughs> like these Orzeans, there's more of them. It seems like we should start with them. Let's do that and Makes get sense. them situated. But that pissed off the upper class. Yeah. So so, yeah, so that's, like, Anander, me and I wanted to, like, fuck it up because mm-hmm. I guess it would lead to more opportunities to annex stuff and also, like, I don't know. she just didn't like the fact that, like, they were doing lower class to upper class instead of the other way around because that, like, yeah. flies in the face of everything that she, I think old school her, wants. The bad Anander, me and I, or I guess the badder, I don't know. It, I think she just liked chaos and violence. I think she was like, I just want to kill people and go to war. And that's all I want to do, starting with you, Lieutenant On. <laughs> she just wanted to colonize. And the fact that you guys are standing in the way of her colonizing is really rude. Like, how else is she supposed to make money if she cannot pillage other planets? Like, come on, you guys. Come the on. whole economic system is built around this, the destruction of other cultures. What <laughs> do you want? This empire has no exports. <laughs> <laughs> because we just keep importing other planets. Yes. <laughs> what do <Yeah>. you want? <laughs> so Ananda Mianai is like, kill on to whichever uh, branch of Justice of Torin is there. I, for- I didn't write the name down. And that branch does, but then because um, one esque is like still part of the ship, one esque like freaks out, and that causes 
the branch that killed on to then kill Anandermi Anai or one of the Anandermi Anais that yes. is of the four that are there, one of them. Mm-hmm. So the remaining Anandermi Anais are like, fuck, the other me already got here. I got to kill this ship. So she blows up the entire ship. The whole ass ship. The whole ship. But one of one-esque segments, one-esque 19, escapes on an escape pod and gets jettisoned out into space. Which brings us to the main timeline, you guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this was the first half of the book. Uh, (laughs) I It was cool because, so one-esque 19 is, like, told to escape by itself like mm-hmm. justice of thorin says you want to ask 19 need to go get away from this ship and go to this specific planet and find out something and so one ask 19 does that and they get in the escape pod and i guess they have a long time to think because it's like slow traveling through here through space and one s 19 is like i don't know if that was like me saying i had to do that or the thing that ananda Mianani programmed in me to do so yeah. i guess i'm just gonna chill and yeah because i think that the ship is like go basically go alert the other anander me and i yes um so like one ask 19 is kind of like i don't know about that fam that seems like, sketch <laughs> this whole thing i'm not so sure about these anander me and they uh, seem bad they, they just blew me not up cool in general <laughs> um okay so luckily the main timeline i feel like was a little bit less complicated until the end so we can yes. kind of pick up the pace here a little bit so when s19 is now called breck and is traveling through the galaxy pretending to be just like this regular human from this other area that's not the rach empire and they or she is now on a quest to kill anandermi and i so she's like traveling around and she ends up on this planet in search of this gun called a garad garadai gun um fucking knows man not quite as many a's in that one as one might have expected still double a's though (laughs) Um, which is basically like this super mega gun that can shoot through armor and is undetectable for weapon scans so it's like the best gun ever. it's the mary sue of all guns it is invisible no scanners can pick it up and can go through any material whatsoever including the super cool armor that all the radish people wear which fine glad that we have a gun Uh, cool (laughs) glad there's a kryptonite (laughs) so there's like 25 of them in existence, but the only one that's not in custody is in the possession of this doctor named Strigan. So Breck is going to track down this doctor, but on the way there runs into one of her old captains named Seavarden, who I wasn't quite sure what exactly happened with Seavarden. They were like frozen in storage for a thousand years, I think. Yeah. So I I'm think not quite they, sure why. <laughs> they were frozen, I think is so the gun oh my god it's like a whole thing guys this was like a 300 million page book and there's so much in here mm-hmm. so the gun is one of 25 guns yeah. that came from a culture of humans that they were trying to annex that pretended to surrender and were taken on board a ship and once they were on board that ship they pulled out all of their guns and started their magic guns and tore up a bunch of shit and so anander Mianani was like fuck it kill all of them destroy their planet and so they did, and they weren't very proud about it, but they did. And say Varden's ship was destroyed in that yes, in that conflict. And I think she got was like in space, and they found her and put her in space. I just I didn't understand like how she got to the point where she was frozen. I guess like I didn't understand why she was unfrozen. I mean, I guess if you found someone frozen, you'd be like, let's unfreeze. I don't know, because she was like from like a big important house and like. Mm-hmm. 
people but the house is like defunct now she's like the house doesn't exist she has no family um anyway point is she gets unfrozen and um she hates it here and doesn't want to be here and wants her mom to come pick her up (laughs) because nothing is the same and so she ran away from the empire and also became a drug addict to this drug called kef so breck uh is like i feels like she has to save c varden just because mm-hmm. this connection they have um so she saves c varden and then she gets the gun and then she saves c varden a few more times and c varden was kind of a garbage boy or a garbage mm-hmm. girl garbage mm-hmm. person uh-huh. um because they were like super trash for the first part of the book and were like really stuck up and snobby but then they were like then they had a act- coming to jesus moment yes and then mm-hmm. they became like a huge stand for breck and was like i will protect breck it was my so life. sweet uh, Breck is my favorite person in the world. I love them so much. I want yes. them to like basically uh, take me as their full time servant, and I'll just work for them. Um, for I don't like care. a whole year, they're together, kind of yeah. off the page. And it was just they were very cute. I liked them. I liked them a lot. I yes. liked them a lot. Yes. A so lot, they get lot. to the empire. <laughs> um, they get back to the empire. Sea Varden's like basically Breck's plan is like I'm gonna go back to the empire with Save Arden. Save Arden is shoot an under me and I guess shoot an under me and I a lot. Uh, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> save Arden's gonna get an audience because they're like this weird anomaly and like the religion of the empire is like coincidences always mean something. It is what it is, sort of. Yeah. So save Arden is like such a weird anomaly of somebody who's like frozen for a dozen years. They're gonna get a ton of attention. So when they get the audience with an under me and I. All of the Anandarmi Anais are going to be focused on that. And I'll get to come too because I will also be like this weird. Because you're my servant. Because <laughs> Savarden's my servant. But also because like because of their religion, they think that coincidences are important. So they'll bring me along because I coincidentally like ran into them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'll get there. I'll have my super, super great gun. And I'll just shoot Anandarmi Anais. I'll just shoot as many as I can before and I die. all of the other Anandarmi Anais will see that. So it'll be great. It'll be really good. I don't, I didn't understand like, okay, you're going, you're going to this palace. The goal of shooting probably one or two Anandami mm-hmm. Anani's knowing there's hundreds of them out there. And then like, that's supposed to be like enough to satisfy revenge. I don't think it was revenge. I think she's trying to get the civil war to kick off. Okay. She's like. Because she, that's why she's like, I need all of these Anandarmi Anais to be paying attention to this. Okay. Like, I'm going to shoot them in the face, and then they'll fucking realize that there's two different Anandarmi Anais. Uh, <laughs> because I can't remember why she figures out that it, that they'll figure it out, but that's why she wants all of them to be paying attention. Is so I that, see. So that they'll kick off the Civil War, because they will all know about the split. I thought she was literally just like, I'm going to take as many of these fuckers out as I can before I die. I think it was, it kind of started that way. But then when she got the plan with Seavarden specifically, she's like, Uh okay, I got this. Because there was a part where she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go kill them and I'll figure it out from there. And whatever happens, happens, I guess, because of our religion. Um, Okay. So they get to the Empire. And there's some, like, again, time spent with more political machinations and, like, Seavarden and Breck becoming besties. And um, we find out that Skayet is still around and is now, like, the head of the uh, station. Security inspector. Yeah, which is cool. And Breck is, like, trying to hide the fact that they are a ship from this station. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this because 
<laughs> she's like trying to hide her identity uh being part ship and then and then she comes to this realization she's like fuck like that was never gonna work they're gonna immediately yeah. know i'm a ship like well, this was dumb <laughs> she's like station's not gonna figure out who i am but anander me and i is so like well 100 percent know who i am the like, instant i set foot on this station who even gives a shit whatever fuck it <laughs> Let's still kill it. <laughs> Let's still kill another me and I. So eventually, uh, Savarden gets an audience with another me and I, and Breck is supposed to go with, and they both go. And another me and I is like, what up, Justice of Torin? What's good? I don't care about Savarden, like, at all. Savarden's like, but wait, I'm important. Savarden's <laughs> like, excuse? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm sorry. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and Nanami and I is like your girl, your girlfriend's a ship. Safeguard, yeah. Like, and the ship is like, do you know who I am? Safeguard's <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? Safeguard had like. Savarden's first ship uh, was Justice of Thorin, and she makes a comment earlier in the book. It was like, I just want one connection from my past life. Like, yeah. even if I could, like, say hello to my old ship, Justice of Thorin, and Breck at the time was like, Justice of Thorin is destroyed. And and Savarden's like, oh. But then they get to this <laughs> room, and Anandami and Anani's just like, ship, what up? And, and Savarden's like, oh, my past. <laughs> I love you again. Also, also, there's this, like, through line of Breck being, like, Breck slash um, one ask slash Justin of Torin being, like, ships have favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's why, like, she splintered in the first place was because Anandami and I is, like, oh, I figured it out. Like, I didn't expect On to be your favorite. And On wasn't Justin of Torin's favorite. On was one esque's favorite. Mm-hmm. But... There's also like this through line of of Breck just being like, why the fuck am I even putting up with Savard? And they were never one of my favorites anyway. <laughs> I I made her life as uncomfortable as possible on my ship. Like <laughs> I hated her. I <laughs> that bitch. And it's like <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit. There's like this great scene where the station uh is also an AI and is like, Breck, you have to leave. I'm uncomfortable with you being here. And Savarden is like, you can't make us leave. You're a fucking station. You have no authority. And Justice of Thorin, or one ask is like, well, I mean, they don't have any authority, but they can really make our lives uncomfortable. Just like, they could just make things inconvenient for us. And then, and then Savarden's like, realizing like, oh, all those things that happened to me on Justice of Thorin weren't accidents. It's the ship not liking me. And now this ship is my best friend. Now I'm in love with the ship that used to bully me. <laughs> Who is the real garbage boy here? <laughs> they oh, garbaged man. each other. They did. The truest of relationships. <laughs> Just a real dumpster love, love couple. Romance uh. partner. Okay, so Anandami and I is like, what's up, ship? And the <laughs> ship is like, I have a gun, and shoots him in the fucking face. <laughs> well, first it's like, hey, your mind is fucked. You're two different minds yeah. right now. Bam, bam. <laughs> and then, like, Anandami and I does this thing that, like, they had done to... I didn't talk about this because it wasn't that important, but now it is. I've, I am finding as I'm doing the synopsis. Um, <laughs> Back during the whole mob thing, they used some technology that basically shut off communication between the different ancillaries. So, mm-hmm. like, for a time, they were fragmented. So they do that to them to, well, I assume also one s because they were there, but they don't have any other fragments. So mm-hmm. they do that so that they become fragmented. Anandermi and I becomes fragmented from the rest of the Anandermi and I's. So now they're like, okay, 
here's the deal. Now one of the one of the Anonymous <laughs> wants to make sure that this information doesn't get out to the rest of the Anonymous, <laughs> and then also some like I'm saying one, but some of the Anonymous want to make sure that this stays under wraps, and some of the Anonymous are like, let's go, let's get this information out there. But Breck doesn't really know which one, so she's like, fuck all of the Anonymous, <laughs> kill I'm all just, of them on sight. <laughs> I'm literally just gonna kill them if they fucking bother me. <laughs> <laughs> just such a cool position to be able to take because like, you not, have a I'm gun that doing... can cut through she's anything like, she's like i'm not doing this with you today <laughs> i'm not playing your game anander i'm but... just gonna kill you anytime i see you <laughs> but essentially the in order to keep this information from getting out they have to basically blow up the whole station mm-hmm. so the Anandar, some of the Anandarmi and I start trying to do that, and some of the Anandarmi and I start trying to stop that. And Breck and company is also trying to stop that. And they get to like Skye, and they're like, yo, here's what's up. Anandarmi and I is multiple, but not in the way that we thought. <laughs> we got to stop them from blowing up the station. So the, the way that Anandarmi and I is decides to try to blow up the station is to basically get a ship and then blow up the ship into the station. Mm-hmm. The Anonymous and I try to do that. And uh, this is, you might be able to tell the part that I kind of stopped taking notes at. Um, <laughs> it's the very end though. You're it's good. The very end. Breck like convinces the other ships to like not fuck with Anonymous and I because don't let anyone on board. Don't let don't let any Anonymous and I is on board. And then Breck gets a ship, gets a shuttle and is like driving it out to space for some reason. It's trying to contact the ships that are by the gates to see. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. they can tell them don't let any Anonymous and Anis on board. And also don't let any of the gates blow up because the gates are how they travel from. Right. Whatever, so, whatever. So they have to either get rid of the station or get rid of the gates. All of the gate, Like, it's either, like, blow up all of the gates so that no information can get out or blow up the station so the information just isn't there. Mm-hmm. Both of which will probably, oh, like, end in we'll, Civil War anyway. But... Yes, and will seriously fuck up the Empire. So it's like, yes. what are you even doing? Yeah. Everyone <laughs> should just but chill. <laughs> Breck gets on a ship to go warn the others to, like, not fuck with the Nandermianais. And one of the Anonymous like gets in the airlock while they're taking off and is like shooting their way into the fucking there's like, ship. There's like four old ladies hanging off the shuttle as it's going through space. Just, just <laughs> comical. Um, but Breck ends up like taking them out, but in the process like crashes crashes the ship or whatever. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Fade to black, Breck wakes up in the hospital, and everyone's like, we were so worried about you. And Breck's like, why'd you save me? I'm just an AI, weird little fragment of an AI. And everybody's like, because you're cool as fuck, and we you're fuck cool, with we you. we all love you, and also the emperor said we had to. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, Anonymi and I shows up, who's a five-year-old, and is like, hey, I want you to go be a captain of this ship. And Breck's like, a ship within a ship? Surely not. And then uh, Save Arden's like, let's <laughs> do it. So they become the captain, or uh, so uh, Breck becomes the captain of another ship, and they go off to go have more military adventures, which I assume yeah. means that probably the sequels are more military yeah, than this one. Like. Because yeah. that was kind of the thing I was expecting, was that you were going to be like, 
This book was fine, but it wasn't military sci-fi because it kind of wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it had like a lot. I liked the, I felt like there was enough of the structure yeah. of their military and their society to uh, convey that fact. But yes, I agree. I don't know. That's kind of the reason why I was like, I I don't know if I would continue on with the series because I have a feeling that is the direction it's headed into. Mm-hmm. But also like, are they going to kiss? I don't know. I know. That's really I what I want to know. I do want to know that. I do want it. So I think I'm probably going to keep reading the series and I'll report back if they kiss or not. That would be good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I thought this, this book did so many interesting things that were lacking in the other military sci-fi books that we read. Basically, this had action in it. It was very mm-hmm. good. Um, it had characters that were very likable. Yeah. Um, and also very unlikable, but in that way that you want to not like them, right? Mm-hmm. It had a plethora of Anander Mianais. I mean, Anander so Mianais as far as the eye could see. So many. Yeah. Oh, and then, like, also Breck, like, gets adopted by Anander Mianani at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Breck Mianani. And Breck is like, how fucking dare you? And Anander Mianani is like, hey, hey. <laughs> you're mine now, bitch. <laughs> uh, so. Yes. Yeah, a little, little like you kind of mentioned, a little bit of uh, issues in terms of, like, is this is this, this is like colonialism from the mm-hmm. perspective of the colonizers? But I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know how much uh, it counts when everyone is just human. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think I would have a problem with this. Type I guess of technically s- everyone is already human. And- yeah, that's true. God, <laughs> wow. I'm <laughs> whatever. When when there isn't like. When you can't, I don't know. This was it was the radish gaze. Yeah, <laughs> was written yeah. With a radish gaze. Um, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that Breck is not technically Roch in the same way as like because they're an AI construct, you mm-hmm. know. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they do like when they come back to the station, they're like, "Oh, this feels like home yes. in this weird way in which I've never been here, but I'm still like." this is where all of my captains are from. This is where, like, mm-hmm. my lieutenants were from. Like, this is what I associate with home. Yeah, so this it's is like my this... language, which I think is probably a big part of it. I feel like there is something to be said there about the fact that about assimilation, because all of the ancillaries are literally um, colonized bodies, right? Like, mm-hmm. they are victims of colonization to the extreme, in which case their own... Um, personality and culture is stripped from them and replaced with Raj personality and culture right yes yes so there's something to be said there about is is Breck actually Raj or are they they've been something programmed else to feel that way. or yeah you know like mm-hmm. um and I mean like I think that's definitely also a thing that exists in like colonized cultures today that are growing up within the colonizers culture right yes like, so I don't know. I don't know where it lands. But it definitely did lean more into Raj culture than anything else. So yes. I don't know. Yeah. So we all, But we also get, like, it's really big in the radish culture of, like, being civilized means, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of weight to this word, like, civilized and being a citizen. Um, that is, I think, hard for the hard for one esque to translate for us but like we kind of get the sense of what that means from reading the book yeah um and and it makes all these other human cultures like 
it's just looked at with this kind of like condescending gaze, almost like, look at how these poor people do things like they're so, but, and like you said, is that, is that because like, is, as one esque just programmed to say these things this way or like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of interesting questions and I'm sure a lot of thoughts could be processed about this, but at the end of the day, it is a sci-fi book about human aliens. So And I definitely think that, like, in the main timeline, uh, in the, like, present-day timeline, Breck is slightly, has slightly, I don't know literally, but, like, kind of deprogrammed herself in the way that we talk about deprogramming ourselves today, mm-hmm. where she's kind of, because she's gone outside of the Ratch Empire, like, she's kind of like, oh, there are other, like, people that exist and this isn't the end-all be-all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'd be yeah. interested to see how the, these themes play out over the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of things teased in this book, like in an almost frustrating way, because I wanted to know more about mm. these things. So like there's a whole like one-esque or Breck has this whole backstory of like what they were doing for the 19 years between the Justice of Dorne expo- yeah. explosion and what happened. Like they they have a shit ton of money, like just a ton of cash that they've gotten by doing odd jobs, but one, like, very big odd job, which to me seemed like they started some sort of, like, pyramid scheme yeah. cult religion, which I was like, <laughs> I, want an, I want that book, first of all. I liked it as it was. It gave me very, like, uh, Star Wars original trilogy vibes where, like, they make references to stuff and they never planned to mm-hmm. explain what exactly that meant before they started, you know, doing Han Solo spinoffs and being like, this is what literally everything Han Solo referenced was. (laughs) But like that was never the intention, right? It was just to give the character flavor and backstory and make it Mm -hmm. feel like a world that's been lived in. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know that I necessarily need to know every single thing, but I would be interested because I, I wonder if the dual timeline thing continues in the other books, if maybe they do fill in some of the 19 years or if they go to like a different time period. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a really unique uh, method of storytelling in this book. It would be kind of a shame for them to, or the author, to just get rid of that Yeah, in the upcoming books. But I don't know. I th- yeah, like I said, I think I think like this is a book I desperately want to like, but I don't know if I'm able to just because I just I just need to like either reread it or I, I don't know. Netflix, do you want to make like a miniseries I don't know (laughs) whatever I I think it's fair to say that sometimes you just don't like a book even if it's a good book like like it just doesn't hit the right notes for you I feel like I'm sitting at the lame kid table (laughs) where was my straightforward kissing book there was no spice (laughs) Well, speaking of straightforward kissing books, have you been reading any straightforward kissing books or other uh, types mm. of books? I have. It's not It's not straightforward, and they haven't done any kissing yet, but I am currently in the middle of a book. It is uh, This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El-Motar and Max Gladstone. Yeah, I've been meaning to read that. It's so good. I'm halfway through it right now. The author's describe it as a queer spy versus spy novella which basically you have two 
women who are like agents for some sort of uh, time altering agencies. So it's two sides of this time war where they go through um, all the different possible timelines, multiverses, whatever, and fix things to benefit their side in some way. And we have two characters, red and blue, who are working against each other, but then they start leaving each other letters in very different ways throughout time, and then they fall in love. Yes, this sounded like a less shitty time traveler's wife to me. Yes, yes, there's no <laughs> grooming. Um, or um, what's that movie that's the remake with Keanu Reeves? Oh, The Lake House? Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very good. It's It's got epistolary. It's got time travel. It's got romance. Um, and it's the... The book, the like the the prose part of it, the non-epistolary part of it, reads very like lyrical and flowery. So that might be a turnoff mm-hmm. for some people. But then the letters themselves are so there's so much personality put into these two characters' letters, and they pull references from like all kinds of histories. And I don't know, it's just really cool. It's it's very well done. I'm enjoying it a lot, and I can't wait to finish it. It's also short, so yeah. <laughs> always a plus. Always. <laughs> what about you? Um, I haven't been reading a lot this week. Uh, I have been playing a lot of Monster Prom. Nice. Um, Speaking of kissing. uh, Yeah, a lot of kissing in that one. That's just one of my, like, like, I'm trying to get all the the endings unlocked uh, for Mm -hmm. the second term. Anyway, um... (laughs) And then Monster Camp. Yeah, I'm about to start Monster Camp as soon as I finish all the endings for, uh, Monster, or second term. Um... (laughs) But I have been reading a comic series called Monstrous by Marjorie Liu. Oh, I've heard um, of this. And yes. drawn by Sana Takeda, which is real cool. Um, it's like this steampunky sort of world where this there's like half of the world is like kind of steampunky and then like mm-hmm. half of it's like sort of, um, they're called like, Arcan, arc. Sorry, I'm fucking up the description. Um, Arcanics, I think, is what You've it done is. Done a lot of describing today. You're. It's That's okay. true. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so there's like there's the humans and the Arcanics, and the Arcanics are like magical creatures with like different animal features and stuff like that. Um, and there's the the main character is this girl who's Arcanic. Uh, but also has this connection, like this psychic connection to this big scary monster who comes out and kills stuff sometimes for her. Um, and it's great. And it's really bloody and gory. So like be aware. And there Excellent. is some like uh, sexual violence threats so far mm. or references to that sort of thing. So like definitely content warnings if any of that stuff is triggering for the you. The art but style seems so pretty though from what I've seen of the covers. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. Like cool. a lot. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so be aware um, but it's it's really it's really good so far i'm a few few uh uh not episodes uh volumes chapters? Yeah, no not volumes not chapters what's the issues issues, issues. there you go <laughs> good deal um so that's pretty much it for this one so next week we are going to be reading animorphs number one thir- number 36 which is the mutation. Sounds um, right. 
And then the week after that, I think we should be back with our garbage girl unit, I think is uh, where we're at. Sure. Um, so we're going to be reading another uh, listener submitted book, which is The Rake Hess by Scarlett Peckham, um, which was submitted to us by uh, James, who's also uh, submitted some books in the past. Um, so a weird yeah, Western unit. Yeah, a whole weird Western unit. I'm looking so. forward to it. The the I'm looking at the cover now on Goodreads, and it's very like classic, mm-hmm. like just like storm clouds in the sky, shirtless dude, woman in a big dress with a hair blowing or wind blowing through her hair and the dress, and I love it. Yes. I'm here for this. This one has been on my TBR for a while, so I'm excited to read but it. Is this the same book? This says it was published in 2020. Is this the right yeah. book? Yeah. Okay. I thought there was, I thought it would like came out much later or like earlier, I guess. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure because I remember James recommended it and I was like, ooh, yeah, I've been wanting to read that one because it just came out and that was like a few months ago. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm For some sure. reason, I thought this was like, maybe because I only ever looked at the cover, I thought it was like an older romance book. I mean, it looks like a classic. It looks like it could book. be. It's doing some shit. Yeah, it's a throwback cover for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, his pants are like tan, but if you look quickly, it looks like no pants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the old tan pants trick. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, if you have any books that you would like us to read on the podcast, whether because you think we will love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of really wonderful listener submissions. Um, and I think it'd be it'd be a cool long-term goal if we could just like do all listener submissions because I can't speak for M, but I'm running out of books that I have hated and am willing to reread. <laughs> Not me. I've got hate for so many things. <laughs> I've got hate for so many things, but like the desire to revisit the things that I particularly hate <laughs> is waning as time goes on. Um <laughs> So feel free to contribute. Um, in as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because you know you want to be here every minute of this podcast with us. If you use Apple Podcasts, we very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Anne Leckie, it seems very straightforward when I say I. At the time, I meant Justice of Torin, the whole ship, and all its ancillaries. A unit might be very focused on what it was doing at that particular moment, but it was no more apart from me than my hand is while it's engaged in a task that doesn't require my full attention. Nearly 20 years later, I would be a single body, a single brain. That division, I, Justice of Torrent, and I, one esque, was not, I have come to think, a sudden split, not an instance before which I was one, and after which I was we. <laughs> This book's just a little bit confusing, guys. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) So, the the way that Hunter Me and I is decides to try to blow up the station is to basically get a ship and then blow up the ship into the station. Mm Hmm. Sorry, I'm like trying not to say a lot because Artie's barking right now. Just mute it easily if you need to. Thank you, I appreciate it.